quick little intro to today's episode of Bitcoin q and it, it is really exciting that we have Brian Armstrong joining us today. Oh, man. It hasn't happened for quite some time. I haven't been mistaken for Brian. Well, I haven't been anywhere in person with Bitcoiners, thankfully, for a long time. So, Or with me, for that matter. Yeah, exactly. But this started before you, man. Um, it's like at the first Bitcoin conference I went to, people were walking up to me asking for interviews, and I didn't understand why. And then they're like, you're Brian, right? And I was like, oh, my God. And uh, the next, you know, since then, I've vowed to, if it ever happens again, I'm going to take the interviews on behalf of Brian and uh, say that that Coinbase is selling everything and going Bitcoin only. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, what impact that would have, either positive or negative, on Coinbase's stock? And then on top of that, like, the legal ramifications of something like that. I think it would be hugely negative on the stock. It'd be a big positive and it would be hilarious. And um, yeah, basically the best prank ever. But yeah, I wonder that too. Could I get sued for that? Because it's not me. It's not me trying to be Brian Armstrong. It's other people. This guy, like he was insisting. He's like, no, you are Brian. I'm like, no, I'm not. Okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll let you interview me. I know you have nothing to write about and you're a journalist, but uh, <laughs> that's a little too fake of news for me. <laughs> you don't you don't like making up news stories? I do, man. That's our job now. Full-time job here. Yesterday, we made um, almost $2 from uh, podcasting live <laughs> in, the, in the form of sats. So we're basically raking it in and um, quitting our day jobs and going full-time, full-time podcaster. Yeah, that uh, 69 cents that I get from my cut really is going to help me pay my rent, put food on the table. I'm excited. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, we usually dive right into the news. Um, I think we're going to talk about like two news stories, but it, we'll probably spend the majority of this episode going over some questions. Who knows? Maybe we'll answer more than three questions today um there's not yeah there's not too much news out there today mostly the brian armstrong stuff is because of the coinbase you know coinbase received regulatory approval for their petrol futures kind of market important distinction this isn't available to u.s customers um you know so if you want to degen trade on coinbase you gotta i don't know use a vpn their kyc standards are pretty rigorous though i think it's hard for people to use but a lot of u.s um users use binance international don't they yeah but it really depends on the company like i don't use either exchange um but like i could tell you for example i use netflix and if i leave my vpn running like netflix won't work or hulu won't work so websites are figuring out how how and when people use VPNs to try and block that. So just the fact that that technology exists kind of clues me into why Coinbase could theoretically actually prevent US people from using a VPN to get in. Now Alex is going to spend the rest of his day trying to use his VPN on Netflix. I don't watch Netflix, bro. I don't have a TV Um, or a Netflix account. But I do have a good VPN story. So yesterday, um, I was lucky enough to hop on this meeting. And this guy's like, Ed's joining us soon. And I was like, okay. And uh, it was Edward Snowden. (laughs) He pops up on screen (laughs) and starts talking to me. And we're talking for about an hour about Noster. And he's like, dude, I'm so frustrated. I've been trying to DM you for weeks. And it's not coming through because... (laughs) You know, Noster is still so early stages and he's like telling me exactly how he would fix it and how the relays have communication problems and the clients have communication problems among relays. And the fact that he's using a VPN and uh, Tor further complicates everything. So when he sends messages out, he has no idea if people receive them. And when he posts on Noster, he knows that only... Well, he knows many people are going to see it, right? He's a huge account, but it's not everyone. It's not all of his followers. We have to have a 
a relay in common and he was frustrated that I didn't, he was going pretty deep, dude. I did not. And this was not the topic of the meeting. I mean, he talked about Noster for like 30 minutes straight, <laughs> but uh, this, this bodes well for uh, both Bitcoin Amsterdam and Nostrasia. He's coming in hot and ready to, uh, to talk about some challenges Nostra could face in the future and to talk about Bitcoin. Um, dude, I, uh, I feel him on the DMs though, because I, I was DMing American HODL about some stuff and I literally had to send him an apology. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to send the, send the same message to you six times. I didn't realize that if I keep pressing send, it'll yeah eventually send all of these. And then the I honestly I don't know if he did it to make me feel better or if he is well, just like had the same issue. But then in his response, he sent the same message like three times over. Like it's all good, man. We're still figuring out how to use this. And I was just laughing at that. Like, <laughs> oh, but to, yeah, to his point, like. There is there is a a layer of difficulty that goes along with running Nostra that like I I will own I'm not the most technically savvy person there is and so when it comes to oh Primal's not working let me go over to Iris oh Iris isn't working to be honest at that point I'm just like all right I'm going on Twitter like I'm not going to go on Nostra at that point do you have Domus on your phone yeah but like Domus is a whole other can of worms like it. Yes, I have it. No, for some reason, have you used it recently? It's not it's very smooth. I've never been it's able very to, smooth. but I've never been able to properly connect my Domus app to my actual key. It is. Uh, I, I've checked it a hundred times. Yeah. It is correct. Copied and pasted. I have. Are one you using by your one. public key? <laughs> no, I'm using my right. You're using your key. NSEC? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you shouldn't be entering that directly into Domus if you can help it. I mean, but, when I people weren't doing anything differently when I first joined Nostr, so we're all kind of com like eventually my account will probably just be completely compromised. But uh, yeah, you well, I'll I'll show you off off offline. There's that, you can use that would be lovely. I could use yeah. another app that I'll doom scroll on for thirty to forty five minutes a day. <clears throat> Well, this, yeah, this is the other thing. This was Ed's other criticism of Noster. He's like, it's great and it's early stages and it has potential like Bitcoin. The problem is the audience is all Bitcoiners. And we know that to be true. And he's like, where are the tennis people? Where are the basketball people? You know, these niche interest groups, we need to form a community for them there. So it's kind of sucks, like, especially even like, if the usability is not quite there, it's still a little bit too complicated, you know, UI, uh, UX wise for people like you, cause you could bring a pretty big sports angle to it. Um, and other, you know, your other kind of Bitcoin adjacent interests just help. I, mean, help I literally felt so bad last night when I, I sent the, or I posted about the Bitcoin ballers podcast and I posted on Noster and literally in my head, I was like, Scroll down, I see a post from Odell. Scroll down further, I see a post from Lynn Alden. Scroll down further, I see a post from Snowden, from Jack. And I'm just sitting there like, all of these people are having like thoughtful contributions to society and the broader conversation here. And then I'm not even shit posting. I'm just like, hey guys, like <laughs> here's some spam. No. Here's some spam Dude, in your news. That's not spam though. I Okay, you know that these people are all master classes and that sort of engaging recycled content. Like they've been having the like Lynn Alden's talking about how she got a coffee at the airport. Like this is not this is not something profound we're doing here. Like no, um, and, I mean I don't I don't expect my I don't expect anyone to ever care what I ate for lunch, kind of a thing. Nor do I want care to share what I had for lunch. But I'm the opposite. I share what I eat all the time. I know I see your post on Instagram all the time. <laughs> No, no, uh, no, on Instagram, not so much, but I, I share the, because there's so many carnivores among Bitcoiners Fair. and I've met so many like ranchers and people interested in like buying food with Bitcoin and health. It's like, I don't know what the urge is, man. And I don't know. I don't really judge people for what they want to share, but I feel you on the, there's like a pressure, especially on Twitter to share something that's novel and profound and concise 
And as a result of this, you get the, these like fucking Dan Helds of the world, like these pithy recycled tweets month after month after month for years on end, bro. And they might be useful at building an audiences or maybe at one time they were, but the algorithms, the algorithms actually change to reward long form content. So I'm interested to see how that changes things. And I'm noticing on Noster more and more. I think Odell did a long form post uh, yesterday. People are stepping into the uh, leaving the microblogging a little bit and letting, you know, really expressing their, themselves, which is good to see. I mean, I think we need those nuanced conversations, especially about how to make Nostra better. Yeah, I just to to round this out to Snowden's point, it it is very much a tool of Bitcoiners. Um, yeah. And look, we'd be lying to ourselves if we said oh, Bitcoin has attained some sort of level of global mass adoption that we feel comfortable just like sitting back and just letting it do what it's gonna that's do. all virtue signaling bro if you use bitcoin <laughs> as a merchant you're fucking virtue signaling larb <laughs> well i mean it more in the sense of if if you believe there's still work to be done in bitcoin that there's still plenty of work to be done and growing nostr and like a nostr actually being adopted as a more commonly used form of social media because right now the hot one in normie land is be real be real what the fuck is that oh you haven't heard of this one no okay no this is the one i'm on i just i just raya? found out about this are you on raya yeah 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 i was gonna tell you about this yeah raya some bullshit <laughs> dating app dude it's the celebrity what? dating app honestly you're screwed if you go to la though i will say it point blank why would because... i ever go to la hold on let's just back that sentence up bro <laughs> As a um, single sovereign individual, why would I ever go to Los Angeles? Pack Bitcoins next week. <laughs> I didn't get invited. <laughs> maybe next same. week. Maybe next week. Honestly, Loki. Aren't same, you going though? Aren't I'm you just going. going. I'm just going to show up. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I mean, I was considering it, but I don't know, dude. The airline hangar. I'm just not feeling it right now. Fair. It's at the same spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I only say that more so because, like, I had friends who were girls on Raya as well when I was there and on it. And mm. one of them showed me, like, a few of the people. And I'm not kidding. Her matches for the day were Lil Dicky, the professional rapper Lil Dicky. Um, on top of that, there was a guy who played baseball for the Los Angeles Dodgers and a guy who played for the LA Kings, the hockey team. And then like a rando whatever dude. Sounds like a pretty good draw, dude. And well, for her, but I'm sitting there looking at that and I was like, oh, that's who I'm competing with. Yeah, I have no fucking chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. And to be honest, like as a bald person, these apps are not really designed. <laughs> these are not designed for us to succeed. You know, looks are not my uh my my greatest uh feature you know um you gotta kind of meet me kind of guy um and then uh you know it only gets worse from there so, <laughs> I was about to say, like, yeah <laughs> the the mystery is where you succeed right now yeah there's basically no hope so uh, i'm gonna need a couple more women to get into bitcoin you know my options right now are like aubrey strobel or jessica hoddle <laughs> like i don't know who, <laughs> you've read you've heard the curb your enthusiasm bit about being bald right yeah there's a bunch of bits it's like a club yeah it's like that right there's like that percentage of women there's a there's a small contingent of women out there who just love it that's true you, just, you that's gotta a find, fact you gotta find, you gotta find women. yeah you gotta find they gotta find you bro i accepted a oh. long time ago because i like white women but i was like White women don't always love brown men. So if they, if white girls, some white girls just like white boys. I'm like, those are never the white girls I'm going to have a shot with. But the white girls who like pissing their parents off, those are the ones. <laughs> well, we have, we have really gotten into the weeds here. Um, yeah, let's so go, going let's back, are, are, are you trying, do you trade perpetual futures? No. No, no futures no. trading. 
I don't know, man. LN Markets. I would just say if you're interested in that sort of thing, LN Markets is a better product and it's available non-KYC. You can use it completely anonymously. I have that bookmarked. Sponsor us. I have it bookmarked. You? No, oh, you okay. told me about it. And I and I have LN Markets bookmarked. It's genuinely just been I don't know. I'm more focused on my sports betting right now than I am on betting on the direction of Bitcoin moving on hundred X leverage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can go, you can go, you can go lower leverage than that, but <laughs> yeah, sports but betting is, that seems so much more risky somehow to me. No, I mean, it either is. way you can't predict the future, but I wouldn't even know where to start with sports betting. But for, for me, I look at it less as like, it's not, Oh, I'm investing $100 in Bitcoin going up or, I'm investing $100 in this player winning a, the game or doing something or whatever that is. Like my long position in Bitcoin is my investment. And then I don't know, maybe I do like to burn a little bit of money. Um, it's the, the price of admission. I will say I haven't, I have a very clearly defined budget for the year that I give myself. And I'm on, I'm on brag a little bit about this. Um, I'm playing with house money and I have been for about eight years. So I don't really feel bad about my sports betting when I consistently kind of walk out. The worst I did in the last eight years was last year. And I literally walked out down $20 after I think gambling a total of a thousand dollars. So well, like start, that's my worst. Start betting on the fights, man. And you'll lose no. it all. Are, no, no, are no. you gambling in Bitcoin at least? So I'm, uh, I'm about to actually start. Um, there's a new show that's out, and it's me talking about sports. And part of the show is literally I've been given an allocation of $250 to gamble away, and the shtick is on the other side of it. Someone is just buying Bitcoin with their $250, so we're trying to see if I can out-earn based purely on sports gambling the returns that you would get if you just bought and hold Bitcoin. So tune into third place. Good sport. luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I told, I don't know about what sports betting. I did that with micro strategy call options this year. Same thing. Smashed to me. Bitcoin, bro. Smashed it. The only thing that I didn't beat in that realm was uh marathon. I was I about to say miners. Yeah. Well, the other miners, I was good. I rode that wave, but I sold okay. marathon to, to get into some riot and I missed, I missed the top a little bit. So left some money on the table there, but no worries. All time we're up. We're good. If Bitcoin keeps going sideways though, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Just, just hold. I'm out of all the equities. I'm just holding Bitcoin now. Fair. It's too, too choppy. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Fair. I did like a deep dive on Ukraine yesterday and I've decided that Ukraine is weirdly going to become the next semiconductor manufacturing hub in the world. But I digress. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Have you read build these some of these things at home? No. No. So have you not? So they're, they're supposed to be building a plant in Arizona, like TSM, the largest chip manufacturer in the world who produces 90% of the advanced microchips in the world. This was like a couple months ago. They came out and they were like, yo, we have to push back this Arizona plant. That's like the linchpin of the CHIPS Act. It's like the biggest manufacturing hub being built domestically as a result of the CHIPS Act. And TSM has already pushed it back. And the larger issue right now is not so much building this thing, but there are not enough engineers in America who are qualified to work on this type of stuff. So now TSM is literally lobbying the US government to issue visas so they can bring some of their own engineers from back in Taiwan here to America to train American engineers. And then on the inverse of that, Ukraine has a very long, strong, proud history of STEM and actually graduates a significant amount of engineers regularly as a massive manufacturing sort of hub, very cheap cost of labor. Zelensky's meeting with all these Wall Street people last week and all of the 
the businesses like he met with Blackstone and a real estate investment trust and JP well, yeah, Morgan. man, he's looking for a job after this. Oh, I don't think it's a job. I literally think there is like negotiations happening of we need you guys. You are interested in building this type of a business. If you pay us a hundred billion dollars, you have the green light to just go do whatever you want to make that happen in your in this country along these very loose parameters. That is genuinely what I believe is happening. And it's it's not just semiconductors, like it's a lot of different industries. I've personally clued it into four, but it's very interesting to say the least. Uh, I'm just leaving a comment. We, we got a feedback from a user apparently on Twitter. Our comments are turned off and I have no idea how to fix them. So sorry about that. Looking into it. He's like, this is Bitcoin Q&A, but I can't ask any questions. No, the, no mean, you should definitely ask questions. You should be able to just reply to the post on Twitter. Yeah, but I think you can comment in the chat uh, on the video stream because you know how Twitter now puts videos up at the top like a spaces. Uh, if you check out the thread on my post, that's where he's talking about it. We'll have to we'll have to look into that and get that fixed. Uh, I'll look at that, time. but I I have made a <clears throat> streaming onto Twitter my livelihood, and I'll tell you right now, there's no chat connection between Twitter and here. But if you write a comment comment under the post, we'll see the comment, and then we we can answer the question accordingly. Um, cool. cool. And anyway, if you're watching on Twitter, you should probably be over here watching on uh, zap.stream. Uh, we've also got a comment in Spanish that I'm going to attempt to translate. I think it says, is it very difficult to put subtitles on zap.stream? I don't think you can do that natively yet, but um, you could certainly get some sort of uh, third-party programmer AI to do it. Um, Tino's just going to have to do it in real time. Yeah. Yeah, Tino can interpret in real time. Dude, I've been trying to get interpreters for Nostrasia, and it's like hard. Very interesting. It's very hard, expensive kind of deal. Um, Do you guys have you a, need a Farsi translator? No, 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 no. We're not doing Farsi. So we asked people what languages they wanted to hear content in, and the two were, you know, it was Japanese and English. Fair. And then in Hong Kong, it was a bunch of different Chinese languages. So we're just going to do... Japanese to English, English to Japanese. We're going to hopefully do if I can get some kind of agreement with these vendors. And we'll have listening devices so people can pop on a headset if they want to hear it in English or Japanese or vice versa. So that'll be fun. Little uh, little Nostrasia tidbit coming at you. Let's dive into some questions unless there's anything else we want to touch on the news front. Yeah, that's it. I think the takeaway is uh, don't gamble your sats away. Just hold them. Or do. We're not going to tell you what to do with your money. Not financial advice. None of this is financial advice. What Alex says is, but what I say is not. Yeah, exactly. Sue Alex. He's the rich one here. Um, What do we got? What are the benefits and risks of investing in Bitcoin compared to traditional investments like stocks or bonds? Um, I'll kick this one off. Mm-hmm. I guess first off, let's start with the first half, the benefits. Well, you're not going to get it diluted because there's a hard cap of 21 million. Um, you know, it's fully decentralized. You don't have to sort of create this. You don't have to go create a brokerage account. I don't need an E-Trade account, Robinhood account. I don't need to go to a bank. Uh, all I need to do is theoretically go to some sort of a peer-to-peer marketplace or eat not even that i could just go to someone with bitcoin have a wallet ready set hand them cash there you have bitcoin now um so that lack of an intermediary is nice and then of course the laundry list of benefits with not having sort of that attack vector um like I think it would be intellectually dishonest to not discuss on the other side the, the risk. And I would say the the easiest risk and the easiest risk to compare these two asset classes would just be the fact that 
as of today, right now, you have FDIC insurance for your stock portfolio, for your brokerage account, if you have bonds in it, et cetera. So you have that level of protection. We have larger problems though, if like the entire stock market economy crashes to a point or something happens to where you actually have to trigger the FDIC insurance in your E-Trade account. Um, and there, there is none of that with Bitcoin. You could get Mt. Gox, you can get FTX. Like you, you can, if you do end up using a third party as an intermediary to access your Bitcoin, and they rug you. That's not, you. That's not your Bitcoin. <laughs> no. That's not your Bitcoin. No, no, totally. It's not. And you run the risk of, you could have spent tens of thousands of dollars stacking humbly, but if you just sort of left it there at this third party in the way that you would with your stock, you're not withdrawing your stock into a separate bank account. Like it's in your brokerage account. But if E-Trade were to collapse, the federal government is going to make you whole when FTX collapsed, like there was no federal government coming in to make these people whole. Now, whether you care about that, whether that is a priority is kind of irrelevant when having this broader discussion of what are the genuine risks. And this is a risk that exists. Um, I, I recognize we're mainly talking to Bitcoiners, but I, this has come up a few times to me directly of like, right. But like, Oh, if the internet goes down, then Bitcoin won't work. And then I just, okay, how are you accessing your stock portfolio if the internet goes down? How are you accessing your bank account? How are you withdrawing cash from the ATM if you don't have I, I, in, I, electricity? I do so, often wonder how hard that is to do. How do you sweep your claims on stocks? Let's say Robinhood blows up or is shut down or something. Where are all these people going to go? Do they have to switch to like a different platform, E-Trade? You know well, what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I know it's not platform dependent, but it's like, there's no way these users are saving their, their data and backing up and keeping track of what they own. No, Is there I, just I, an I, account I, with their name in it somewhere? I can walk you through exactly this. Cause like I used to have a very small online brokerage in college that eventually E-Trade bought. So then I like, with, I became an e-trade, but like it was natural. It wasn't like, Hey, I have these stocks, this many, like, no, the other company has a record of what I have purchased and sold for tax purposes. They have to keep that record that they will eventually yeah. hand over to the IRS. So based on that, they're able to then go and give it So, like in the example you provided, it's not going to be a situation where, okay, Robinhood just goes bankrupt and then doesn't exist. It's Robinhood goes bankrupt and then all of these other brokerage houses they have to migrate. They yeah. will submit bids. Like someone will buy Robinhood. And then as yeah. a result, Robinhood customers will get an email saying, Hey, JP Morgan Chase or Morgan Stanley. But without, let's do the other example so robin hood's still around and you just want to switch and it's a pain in the ass but it's possible you would literally file a lot of paperwork yeah. it is a pain in the ass i had one of my friends do it where he had i think i think it was literally he left robin hood to go to e-trade and he was like dude it was so much freaking paperwork it was such a headache like it was for tax purposes he kind of had to do that he couldn't justifiably like sell everything and then transfer the money like the tax hit would just have been too great so it it there are these weird steps i mean dude i'm right now in a battle with one of my old bank accounts where i just have like a weird ira account where i'm trying to transfer the money from that into a different 401k account so that i have my hands on the 401k money and i can invest it as i see fit Dude, the hoops I'm jumping through just to transfer my own money is abhorrent. Yeah. Not worth, not worth the time. Not worth the time for me. I, I can't. I have no patience for banks or, um, yeah, these retirement instruments at all. I cash them all out immediately, and I, I've, I've rage quit a lot of banks, dude. Like I can't. They do fucked up shit, especially now. Look, we didn't even talk about. We didn't even talk about this. Um, in the UK, you can no longer 
trade mm-hmm. Bitcoin through, is it Chase? Who did it? Chase, it big bank. Chase Bank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't buy crypto or Bitcoin um, or sell it. That's insane. I mean, I think you could probably jump through some hoops and do something like a... Oh, excuse me. Uh, you could do like a um, Azteco purchase, not through Azteco. Like you could use a, a vendor. Like, I mean, we know some some big Azteco vendors. I don't want to dox them or anything, but you can go to their websites and buy basically a little Bitcoin IOU for cash. And it'll probably register a little bit differently in your bank statement. And of course, you could use... Um, I mean, can you use Strike? Like, what does that mean? I, can you my, direct deposit from Chase to Strike, or do they no, just cut off the API? No, they, they, just, they won't. You would have to direct it. deposit directly from Work to to Strike, but then you wouldn't be able to send money from Strike to your account either. Both, oh yeah, that's uh, it, uh, yeah. Both yeah. routes are closed. So, I mean, this is not. So you can uh, still do. You can still do Work to Strike. But you yeah. can't withdraw in cash if you were to sell. Yeah, to exactly. Bank. exactly. Dude, the funniest thing ever was uh, the Bitcoin Bugle, which actually kills it as a satire publication. Um, they published that River had cut ties to Chase due to their links to child trafficking and Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> and then Honestly. I think they actually. I think Alex Leishman actually did cut ties just on moral grounds. It's just like, we don't want anything to do with this, you know, corrupt business, um, which is a pretty cool move. Love that. I will say yeah. on the, on the bank front, like I, I remember having like a really bad falling out with bank of America over, right, I'm taking off the screen um, over just their like insane fee policy to the point where I was like, all right, go fuck yourselves. I'm closing my savings account with you. I still kept my checking account with them. But I said, I don't want a savings account with you guys anymore. Like, this is stupid. Transfer all my money to this other account. I'm done. And it was like six months ago. I went to Bank of America to like take care of something. And then the teller, the manager standing behind her was like, oh, I noticed you don't have a savings account. Would you like us to open one up for you? And I looked her dead in the eyes and said point blank. I was like, under no circumstances should you be opening a savings account for me. The last time I had one with you, the amount of fees I paid that you guys just charged out of nowhere. Wells Fargo? No, Bank of America. I I was like, don't you ever, like, no, I will never have a savings account with you guys. I'm very taken care of with my money. In fact, honestly, the only reason I still have business here is because I have a credit card here and I don't want to cancel a credit card. Otherwise, I would have moved all of my business to another bank. Like I'm, I, I hate Bank of America. I hate all the banks, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I've never. Have you ever used a neo bank? Like a small local. No, the neo banks are basically primarily payments and services providers, or they have. I don't know. They have different shticks, but there's no brick and mortar locations. They're just. Oh yes, I, I accessible online. I've used yeah. a couple of them. I don't love Yeah, like, they tend to be more Bitcoin friendly from what I've seen. I have one. So I have one for my business where that one is like an all online. It's like a UK bank, but then they have like a US division. And it was literally the only reason I'm there is because they would accept Bitcoin in my name. No other, no major US bank was going to let me bank with them with Bitcoin in the name of my LLC. I got rejected by every single bank, but on the flip side of that like i have like i use ally bank and they're the worst worse than honestly wells fargo and bank of america and i think there's also an aspect too that like we as americans have just kind of accepted that our banks and the banking system itself is like pretty corrupt and abhorrent like how many fines does wells fargo get almost on an annual basis of like all the shady things they do and then they don't go out of business. People don't close their accounts. Like, but be a handful. Care, man. They don't care. They don't realize that there are other options. It's just comfortable enough, or it's just not uncomfortable enough for them to make a leap. Um, I think if they, I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's a matter of education and time, and you know, Bitcoin succeeds in proportion to 
government kind of bank fuckery and um, mistakes and fraud and corruption and um, monetary debasement. Um, so I think as times get harder in the fiat realm, you know, Bitcoin is going to become stronger proportionately. And I don't just mean in fiat price. I mean, you've got more people building products and services on top of it and using it and the circular economies grow. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the next few years, man. All right. Let's hop on over to the next question. Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> what are the benefits? Oh, wait, we already covered this. What role do change addresses play in Bitcoin transactions? And why are they important for user privacy? Let's ask Q. <laughs> uh, like with the change address. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm asking Google Bard, though. Um, it's just taking a second. Give me one second. Just think. Use use your brain for. A All second. right. So change change addresses. I'm I'm assuming you're speed reading. <laughs> you're just no, I'm speed not. Reading. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's what people did on um, Spaces and Clubhouse all the time. There there was uh, I guess I won't call him out, but there's a pretty well known Bitcoiner who rose to fame basically by his ability to just speed read <laughs> answer questions pulled directly from the internet about bitcoin um well how, just think about it q how would you use a change address i mean it would just be something that instead of sending all my bitcoin to one address it's you're breaking up and sending it to multiple addresses so that I, the privacy thing is where I, I get lost because it's still on the how public ledger yeah like i i can i can talk about that how it how it uh, benefits privacy a little bit, but just maybe the groundwork. The groundwork is say I'm, I'm buying something from you for one Bitcoin and I send you directly half a Bitcoin, but then the other half Bitcoin is sent through a change address to a different wallet address. That you, that you control presumably. Right. Oh, so okay. right, right, right. So you've got kind of your regular list of addresses, your change addresses. The reason they're labeled differently is to indicate to you, hey, you've you've already sent this transaction. Like this user is going to be aware that this, the rest of this Bitcoin was returned here. It's like going to a till and using a twenty when you only needed, um, you dollar. know, you're making a purchase for just yeah a dollar. You're gonna get nineteen cents of change. The difference is in Bitcoin, the size of the bill can be any size and any amount of sats. And that is your UTXO. It is just like one big unbreakable bill until you make that transaction. Um, and the change address, uh, it's its supposed to increase your anonymity a little bit. Uh, by using a new address for the change, it's more challenging for third parties to track and analyze your transactions and understand your spending habits. Like imagine if the opposite were true, if you just had a... <laughs> one address and every time you went to spend bitcoin the change went right back to that one address well there's like a very clear probabilistic link between all the transactions you're making and you as the user whether or not they know who you are or not there's a high likelihood that eventually you're going to transact with something that kyc'd you and um there's other ways to kyc without kycing i mean there's timing analysis there's all sorts of crazy things um that the nsa or other nefarious surveillance agencies can do um to get after you so it also prevents a little bit of uh it's got like linking prevention so it makes it makes your transaction graph generally just more complicated and uh promotes privacy in that way so it prevents you linking the sending and receiving addresses. So you've also got like aggregation prevention, um, which there are trade-offs too, but it prevents you, I think, like I already said, from aggregating all of your Bitcoin into one single address, which is a huge uh, privacy trade-off. So I hope that explains it pretty well. You should always use them. There are sometimes funny instances of people using software that doesn't automatically use a change address they try to do something bespoke 
and it really screws them over because they go to send a big UTXO and they never see any of that Bitcoin again. If you don't have a change address, guess what? You're spending the whole UTXO regardless the cost of goods or service that you're paying for. Um, so kind of an interesting thing that by and large is honestly seems to be taken care of. I'm pretty anal about checking stuff like that, but most most major software um, already has it taken care of on the back end for you and you don't users don't have to pay too much attention to it, but you should definitely be aware of how it works. And you, I, I think it's something you should pay attention to um, just to avoid losing your precious sets. So it took me a while, but I, it really clicked as you were explaining that this is literally, this is not change. Like a change isn't different. This is changes in like, let me get my change back. Oh my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I should have said that. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, you, it's the change. <laughs> it's the leftover. Um, yeah, but it is, it is changed too. It's a new address. Um, do we want to keep going? Yeah, yeah, we, we should. Um, we've got about 20 minutes here. I'm, I'm scanning the chat real quick to see if we have any, uh, to see if we have any questions. Stack Toshi says, yeah, going back to our conversation about banks and uh, trading, you know, fiat trading houses. Uh, those are just paper claims. The Fed can help facilitate a rug pull if you're not. Uh, he says important politically. I would probably edit that too if you are behaving in a way that they don't agree with at all. Huge differentiator between self-custody Bitcoin and all equities. Okay, you're uh, the Fed can absolutely step in the middle. Nigel Farage, like all of these people who, yeah, this happens all the time, said things that the government doesn't like. Who do they call the bank accounts? Kanye West, (laughs) George Bush. Yeah, they shut down your bank account. Um, there's no reason they can't. They can't. Who's hating on George Bush? Oh, I can't, I cannot think of Kanye West without um, thinking of his famous George Bush hates black people quote. It just pops in my head every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just the funniest moment ever of live TV. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, the point is you're, you're alleviating this trusted third party if you use Bitcoin instead. So Hey, the good news is uh, Bitcoin's pretty correlated to uh, equities, so you can you can probably get most of your savings down just through Bitcoin in your degen trading. And I actually I wanted to get into that a little bit, Q. What is it going to take for us to decouple here, dude? If I had the answer to that, I'd probably be in Las Vegas right now and not on a seven forty-five a.m. Pacific time zoom call with you <laughs> i mean but, yeah but it's increased adoption right i mean increased in what context because like we're seeing high net worth individuals buying bitcoin we're seeing businesses like explore bitcoin and the broader cryptocurrency space but i think it's going to take and and do you think let me ask you this do you think we'd be decoupled now if we weren't having the price suppressed by fake no. Bitcoins flooding the market via futures and exchanges. No. Bitcoin couldn't handle global mass adoption today right now. We don't have the infrastructure capable of handling 8 billion people on the Bitcoin network. Ah, that's a lot of FUD, man. That's a lot of FUD. Dude, think about it. There's only a roughly 600 thousand transactions based on block space something like that i'm, I'm trying to quote bob burnett's talk from bitblock boom who is that per day i know we're at a per year. i know we're at a per year on the on the base layer there's a fixed amount i think it might be six hundred thousand bitcoin can be sent something like no. that no that's not right no there's something no. to do with the fact that you in a year, there will only be able. You're to- talking about the throughput. The throughput. There's averages, okay, but you can't denominate that in Bitcoin because a UTXO with ten thousand Bitcoin in it can be less complicated than a UTXO with three if it's got 
or sorry, than a transaction with three if it's got a ton of UTXOs. Does that make sense? Yes. So it can cost you more space, more block space to send a smaller three. transaction if you don't know what you're doing. And that happens all the time. Like if you go to mempool.space, top 10 best website ever, you can explore these blocks as they're being constructed and you can see where people have overpaid their fees, underpaid their fees, put together really nonsense, complicated transaction, and also sent like tens of millions worth of Bitcoin for like a couple bucks. So it's not a matter of the amount of Bitcoin. It's a matter of like the memory usage and how many, how many virtual bytes you can stuff into that block. Um, so that's the issue of throughput. The problem is if 8 billion people tried to transact which 8 billion people don't even have access to internet. So that's not going to happen. But just say, for example, it was. Let's say 4 billion. We, yeah, Half whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, it would create such a competitive environment for settlement on the main chain and fee rates would go so high that you'd be pricing out a sizable proportion of the market. So to that extent, I agree with you. Um, they would have There's a hard time not transacting. There's not enough liquidity in the Lightning Network to maintain 8 billion people. If all 8 billion wanted to just be able to use the Lightning Network as well, you would need to open way more channels than we currently have. So that, that's why yeah, like, and those I don't people like... Are open the channel. That's the problem with Lightning is the majority of it is custodial. Most people yeah. don't run their own Lightning node. Um, I don't even run my own Lightning node. I, I don't I don't really have a reason to. Um, it's, yeah, it's a problem. So I, I kind of agree with you that it's not ready, but it's like, I don't like, I'm not trying that. to spend FUD, but it, it it should more be like a call to action than like a yes. let down. Like it should be a sign to you. You should hear that and be like, hmm. Fuck, I need that, to get some Bitcoin now not, before no, no, it costs dude. me $200 to make a what transaction. What can I build? What can I contribute to help that onboarding process yeah and i'm not saying you have to be technically savvy and build some sort of app or build a supercomputer that takes down s19s no i want we need to stop with this like oh yeah the world's gonna collapse and then i'm gonna be rich let me just sit back and my get rich quick schemes gonna work like i'm, I'm getting pretty sick of right. that mentality that i see amongst bitcoiners and contributing well, is even are... asking hard questions it's like trying to help the people who are building think through things that they may not be able to see because they're so close to the fire. And there are plenty of people. I want to keep shout, shouting out Rob Hamilton for the product he's building because it, it's an awesome product that that does need to exist as a part of the step forward for Dude, global exactly. mass adoption. This is a, this is a new and novel answered. feature. New and novel feature, you know, um, that isn't widely implemented. There's like three or four companies that have really dug into Miniscript right now. And they're by far and away leading in the use cases, maybe with the exception only of like Wizard Sardine or something. But um, I think I think to your point, it's unrealistic to expect everyone who uses Bitcoin to contribute in any meaningful way. I mean, they're in it for selfish reasons. So I think when we say... These problems are being addressed, but I don't think it should discourage people from being early and buying some and using it. Because as of now, there's there's like really no real hurdle for you. I mean, with a couple minutes of research, you can buy and hold Bitcoin today and self-custody it. Um, you know, within an hour, you could transition all your assets to uh, to Bitcoin and and flee your country with 12 words in your head if you needed to. So it has amazing use cases for everyone in the world. But uh, I, I think I do tend to agree with you. Uh, we can't. In our current state and with the current kind of solutions we have, we need more competition and building to be able to actually host everyone in the world. But it's a long time coming, man. Um, you know, disrupting Visa, MasterCard, the global banks, um, the, the, the whole fiat monster is something that's going to be slow and steady, you know, if ever. There is also, you have to admit, this possibility that Bitcoin may remain a somewhat niche uh, fringe product. I mean, not to spread more <laughs> fear and doubt, but you just, you just have to be realistic about these things, I think. Um, 
I, I think the niche could be quite huge, but yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta become a little bit, a little bit easier. And we've got to kind of push people to take self-custody in their own hands. Otherwise their, their Bitcoin is going to be paper claims, useless, fake Bitcoin, fractionally reserved in someone else's wallet. And that doesn't really do you much good. I mean, there's, there's, I, I think the important thing is there's a lot more reasons to be here than price appreciation. Um, and the downside is really that, I mean, it's a great funnel for drawing people in, but when I talk about with people just like on the street or out, whatever, they're only thinking of, I mean, not rightly or wrongly, but they're only thinking of it in terms of an investment vehicle. They think it's like a stock. They think it's like a company. A lot of people, even journalists will reach out to me just for, you know, work and stuff. And they think that we work for Bitcoin. Like, uh, so that's, that's a problem. You have to, um, really up the education and kind of raise the level of understanding of populations, uh, to get better, better kind of market penetration here and bring people over to the side of self-sovereignty and, and, and light and good. Um, cause they'll benefit enormously, you know, nearly immediately within, you know, a couple of years time, they'll. It, I guarantee it'll change their life. They're holding this stuff in any any significant proportion to their total savings. So long-winded, but um, I don't know. What was the original question? What will it take for Bitcoin to decouple more people? That's for sure. More institutions. Do we want to try to do one more question? Do you have one? Can you explain the importance of hash rate in the context of Bitcoin mining? Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> simplest way, I guess, would just be like this is the the cumulative energetic contribution of all of the miners uh, across the world, and that sort of collective number gives you the global hash rate and each individual miner has its own hash rate contribution, newer models being a little bit more uh, efficient, better technology are able to have higher uh, hash rates. And then I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, typically, but not always, they actually use less energy too. Is that an accurate statement? Um, say it again. Sorry, I'm interacting. Like with our new generation staff. miners, like an S19 versus an S9. An S19 has a much higher hash rate, but it also uses slightly less energy than the S9 as well, right? Ideally, the the newer miners are more efficient. Um, the hash rate is what keeps Bitcoin's decentralization competitive and keeps it from being captured. So we get a difficulty adjustment every 2100 blocks geez i hope i didn't fuck that up it's about every um it's about every two weeks so the difficulty will adjust upward or downward um which we should get into more detail on another episode because i don't want to i don't want to spread fake information here but basically that difficulty target is a result of how much hash rate is online and so you get this cycle where more hash rate equals higher difficulty. Higher difficulty equals less probability that you're going to find a block. And therefore, you know, it's more difficult to mine Bitcoin. So you're going to turn miners off at that point. Some people will. Depends on your cost of power. But um, turning miners off means the uh, hash rate goes down. Hash rate going down means there is greater probability that you will find a block and get you know the coinbase reward and uh subsidy from uh fees so you can make more money so you're going to turn more miners on as quickly as possible and that's going to make the hash rate go up so you get this crazy cycle um whether and to what extent it influences the price is always an interesting discussion we can have at another time. But in general, think of it as one person with a kind of disproportionate amount of miners is not necessarily just going to be able to mine more and more Bitcoin. The more miners they have, the more difficult actually it will become for everyone 
to mine Bitcoin and it incentivizes kind of this nice, um, uh, I guess, free market price finding feature for, for the hash rate. Um, we should definitely bring a miner on to talk about this stuff. Um, I'm not, I'm not an at home miner yet getting there, getting there, but, uh, yeah, I think that's, it's one of the most important inventions, uh, in Bitcoin for sure. Uh, don't disagree. Um, I do think it is exciting to see the developments happening in the mining space. Um, and for me, whether you agree with it or not, I think watching a lot of these quote unquote experts who came out years ago saying, oh, Bitcoin mining is so bad for the environment have, have actually very quietly been turning around and, and admitting they were wrong, but in a much quieter tone than when they were pounding the drums saying that Bitcoin mining is bad. Um, and I do think though this shift in rhetoric, mark my fucking words, Bitcoin mining will be labeled as something positive for ESG by the end of this decade. I don't know. I'm not to. saying I, I I'm not saying I want it. I'm not saying I'm rooting for that. I'm just saying what I believe will in, inevitably happen. And it's going to be a really interesting moment when it does. I think ESG is just going to transform into some new woke activist uh, propaganda in a way. Yeah, it might not be called it might not be called ESG, but it'll be the next variation of it. It's like a disease that just continues to like mutate over time. Like you just can't get rid of this. Um, But I do believe that by the end of this decade, people will be looking at Bitcoin through that lens and whether you like it or not i do think that is a helpful lens for global mass adoption yeah i i think the problem is that people need a re-education about energy and energy production and energy usage we seem to have as a society at a very high level decided that using energy is bad if you're in California. You know, you're going to get a text message to turn your air conditioner off at certain times of the day. This is kind of hilarious because the only like viable measure of the advancement of a civilization is how much energy they possess to put towards lengthening the production processes in their markets and, and, and creating new products and services and new super remarkable achievements. You can't do anything we do today without energy. So it's not that energy production is bad or this kind of energy. There's, you know, green energy and bluer energy and purple energy. It's the, the fact that everyone needs to be reeducated about is that all energy production has trade-offs and you need to look at those trade-offs very carefully. And mining is not a blanket net positive or negative for the environment. It has consequences. It uses energy just like anything else. Um, you know, they, people tend to look at things like, uh, windmills as inherent goods. Okay. You don't realize how much, uh, Ask the whales about that. I, bro, did you see that? Did you yes. see the Donald Trump? <laughs> what the fuck was he talking about? You know, they, dude, do they kill whales? Dude, they kill oh, you haven't actually ice? seen these videos. Oh, dude. No, I don't. I had no idea what he's talking. I didn't even know that there were windmills in the ocean. Like, dude, so they've built a about? bunch of these wind farms in the ocean because to your point, these wind farms destroy the, the like land habitats that they've built them around. And they but, slaughter birds at a rate competitive to only cats. Like, <laughs> but then they they go in the ocean, and as we've learned, the ocean is not—it's not to be tamed. Okay, um, mm -hmm. I think if you learn how to work with the ocean rather than telling the ocean what to do for you, you have success. But <laughs> this attempt to like build this wind farm in the ocean has led to a lot of windmills just boom, getting knocked down. And in the well, that's what way, happens. They crash. Dude, they, all of these waves come in, like it just get, they get destroyed yeah. and then it goes down and you have these, these blades that are massive. Like an actual one blade yeah. on a windmill is so much larger 
than we recognize because it's so far away when you do see them. Yeah, when you see them on the highway in Dude, they, four oversized loads, like driving. They go yeah, through. All, I'm going to send you these videos of the whales, but dude, the, the blades just like go into these whales who are just swimming right there. It's a damn shame. Yeah. Dude, how many windmills are they building? That's insane. I, I like that old truck. He's like, this is... You know, it used to be a couple of whales died a year, and now it's it's every day. It's two, three whales a day. <laughs> I don't think it's that many. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's that many. Uh, it's the best. But it, it is significant that it's like these things have unintended consequences that maybe people are, are being naive, or what I think is people are just being intellectually dishonest. Um, but. We're, we're well, rambling it's a these lot. solar panel farms. Like they take up a lot of space. You can see entire beautiful mountains in uh, China being pasted over with but solar black. farms. That's not, they're black. And it's not such a, dude, these are not environmentally like, do you know how to dispose of a solar oh, panel? Not, not like, even that. It's you know like what it's same, made of? <laughs> like, the same issue is the hybrid car batteries and EV batteries. It's like, dude, all of the minerals that you need to mine for. Yeah. And like that's the biggest scam of them all. That's that's just that uh, they, they pull electricity from the coal powered grid. I mean, that's well, electric vehicles, you're saying, yeah, yeah, the yeah. majority oh, of them are that, that is just yeah. a that's just an entire ploy where people who have convinced themselves, well, if I am not seeing the oil being burned, I'm not contributing to that. It's like, dude, you're you just offloaded it to a different part of the state. That's all you did. You didn't do anything more than make this problem. You're outsourcing, you're outsourcing combustion to where you don't have to see it. That's it. Now, this yeah. does have measurable good impacts on um, like smog in your city. You know, if you if you convert all the vehicles to Teslas, that combustion isn't happening. You're not flinging exhaust. Into, now there's still the problem of your tires deteriorating rubber goes everywhere you know it's disgusting um but um the pollution is measurably different but it, it just moves it it's not it doesn't get rid, get rid of it rid it doesn't disappear it just yeah 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 you just put it on out on some farmland somewhere <laughs> ruin yeah. someone else's day um trade-offs right um would you ever would you ever get an electric vehicle i wanted one when i like first graduated college i mean Dude, truthfully, I haven't had a car in three years now. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I got away with it because I was living at home for a while and could just borrow someone's car at home. And then I have my girlfriend's car too. Um, there you go. But to be honest with you, like, I'm probably not getting a car anytime soon. I'm probably getting like an intense electric bicycle that I can use as like my version of a commuter bike to dr mm. instead of getting a car because i i want a yeah. motorcycle but no one in my family nor my girlfriend will allow me to get mo a motorcycle get a motorcycle see bro, everyone is such a cocksucker when it comes to a motorcycle i don't I live don't in la that, anymore. That bro, was... i don't know about that's a little too far what i'm saying is everyone who has a motorcycle crashes everyone they all crash and you have no protection <laughs> you're dead <laughs> you know eventually you're dead and it's not through no fault of your own. I had a friend that got ran off the road a couple summers ago just because a car was like, fuck that guy. And literally just ran him off the road and almost killed him, you know, just like burns all over his body, like horrible. You know, you don't want that to happen to you. You this can't is control true. these maniacs. They're fucking Adderall riddled minds, road rage. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're just like, that's actually my fear of bicycles too. I can't, I'm not going to bike in a, in a city. I don't want to get killed. Oh, I, I'm like a crazy person. I, I take my bicycle and my logic is genuinely, if I'm able to avoid like the crazy LA drivers on Melrose and on PCH on my like two wheel bicycle, if I had a motorcycle to get out of those jams, I feel very comfortable. Um, I mean, dude, I, I aspire to make like a very long bike ride honestly i might do it's too gross and hot in florida otherwise i'd say i'll go from like i don't know miami to jacksonville or something like crazy long but i do hope to one day be able to like literally start in san do, diego do, do rag bry you know about this 
nobody ever knows what Ragbri is, but Ragbri is one of the biggest bicycle races in the world, and it takes place in Iowa randomly. And you go from river to river. You go from the Mississippi River across the state, about 500 miles, depending on the route, to the Missouri River. Dip your back tire in one of the rivers, front tire in the other. Lance Armstrong comes out to do it every year. A bunch of big French bike riders come out, and it's a lot of fun, bro. It's a lot of fun. Hey, you get together with your friends and camp out. Um, people basically drink to survive the whole time, so all their calories just come from beer. <laughs> it's like a huge party. You're just going to see a cloud of smoke over one biker. That that would be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even on that race, every year, someone tries. Some of the people die. I'm not I'm, I'm not about It's too, yeah, it's too risky for me. You're too vulnerable out there. And it's still, it feels like you have to say, fuck the world economic forum and get a big gas guzzling vehicle and own as much stuff as you can <laughs> because they want you to live in a tiny pod with no <laughs> transportation of your own. You know, they're trying to phase it out. They want you to uh, rent these vehicles. They, you know, it's not going to be long before the Tesla just shows up at your door with no driver or whatever, whatever, you know, brand it is and just takes you from point A to point B. And at that point, you're completely captured as like an autonomous human. Like you, you, your, your movement rights are in the hands of a trusted third party. So I think it's really important to keep your to keep your vehicles and to keep old vehicles that don't have kill switches. But, uh, wow. We have really run over today. Yeah. I was about to say, we, we gotta end this. I got, I gotta, I gotta get to, to some work. We only made a few cents today, but just remember we're trying to help me get to Nostra Asia. So feel free to, to zap McShane. Cause I totally get McShane zaps. Yeah. Yeah. Q is on a, a once yearly pay cycle. So he's going to get a big, he's going to get a big zap present here in about 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, kudos, kudos to Q on his setup today. Look at that. A fancy mic. Wired I set up yesterday. Did you? I didn't even notice. Damn. Nice. Yeah. I think I've Perfect. had the setup now since Tuesday. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Well, see what these zaps get him. Leveling up, man. It's got us. We got it. We got to set up myzap.stream. Yeah. If you can figure out how to uh, log into Noster. <laughs> I mean, I'm logged into myzap.stream. That's the thing. And you should be live from your account. Are you, did you input the uh, RTMP? I probably did the destination wrong here, but I digress. All right. I'm ending the stream because we're gone way over time. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Be sure to like and subscribe down below, wherever you're watching, Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, Zap.Stream. Thank you for joining us. We will be back. I will complete my first full week with you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Adios.